all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason. You. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. You're listening to a podcast of Relatively Speaking on MPB Think Radio. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Good morning, and thanks for joining us on Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, Professor of Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Today, actually this month, is Happiness Happens Month. So, we're going to talk about this. Do you ever come across people who are always upbeat, and no matter what life throws at them, they just seem to be able to roll with the punches? Um, Well, it's possible they're following one of those formulas for happiness, and we're going to talk about that today, and want to know what, what makes you happy. How do you deal with being a happy person, sometimes in the face of adversity. And I want to throw something at you. Do you think that being a happy person means that you are always optimistic? Not necessarily. So we'll talk about that as we move along in the show and talk about a couple of individuals who found out how to survive in the face of severe adversity. Now, We know we are all dealing with something that we don't want to deal with, with COVID-19. But how can we maintain a sense of happiness right now? Today, we're going to talk about this. But let me tell you about how Happiness Happens Month happened, okay? The holiday is based on the premise that, that... happiness is unlimited and it's contagious and that you can share joy and happiness with others and that it can be contagious. So the history of Happiness Happens Month, that's hard to say, um, started with a woman named Pamela Gail Johnson, who was a founder of the, quote, Secret Society of Happy People, um, and said that she started that in 1998 to provide a missing voice for people who are happy and want to express it without other people saying that, you know, they're being ridiculous or overwhelmingly happy and to stop smiling when things aren't so great. So they started um, celebrating the happiness with Admit Your Happy Day on August the 8th, 1999. So that would have been last week's anniversary. But their members wanted to let happiness stay longer, so they decided to expand it to the entire month of August. Um, and, And basically, as you look into what they were doing and why they were doing it, I think everyone who has looked into why are some people happy and some people not, it seems to be a choice. It's not as much 
much that some people have such better lives that it allows them to be happy. Because I think you all know of those incredibly wealthy person, people with incredible status who continue to be very unhappy. So it's not material possessions, it's not financial status that makes you happy. It, it truly is a choice. And happiness doesn't mean that you're problem free, right? Really, I think if any of us said that we had no problems whatsoever, we wouldn't be truthful. So there was a group of um philosophers called the Stoics. So we're going to go way back for a minute. The Stoics, they were founded by the philosopher Zeno um, in ancient Greece in the third century BC. And what, what their teaching said is that as social beings, the path to happiness is found in accepting the moment as it presents itself. Not let yourself be controlled by the desire for pleasure or controlled by fear or pain, but understanding the world where you are now, that it's, quote, nature's plan. And by working together and treating others fairly and justly, you can feel good. You can be happy. So it's all about the quality of your thoughts. So I hope you guys will stay with me as I move through this, because I know some people are going, oh, talking about happiness right now is irritating, but it's good for you. It's good for your brain. It's good for your sleep. It's good for your heart. And so I want us to, to stay on track and understand that just because you work to be happy and accepting of the moment doesn't mean doesn't mean that you're overly optimistic doesn't mean that you are unrealistic it means that you are creating someone a being who is resilient so this is good for our children it's good for our families so keep that in mind all right Jump in anytime you want to as I move through this. I'd love to hear your comments, your thoughts, your experiences, what you're doing right now. Give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 or you can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. So I want to talk, you know, Oprah Winfrey said, um, it wasn't until she learned to be happy that good things started happening for her. And I, I think that's a good statement. Haven't you noticed that sometimes when, when you mentally are in your best place and you are reaching maybe out to others, that things get better for you? Abraham Lincoln also said, folks are usually about as happy as they make their minds up to be. And I think I've told you that I had one of my grandmothers um, used to say always to us, her grandchildren, honey, life is what you make it. You make your life what you want it to be. And so you, if you set it in the proper direction, then it will be. So 
there there's plenty of happiness advice out there the power of positive thinking meditations all of that but but there are a couple of um things that I want us to talk really very specifically about. And one of them um, is some work done by uh, Viktor Frankl, who um, said, everything can be taken from a man, but one thing, the last of human freedoms, to choose one's attitude in any set of circumstances, you choose your own way. And so... I think um, Frankel and others uh, have have been through um, some adversities and they've studied adversities and others and have found that if you make yourself look at adversity, see what it is, even if it's something like, well, let me throw out an adversity right now that many many of you are experiencing um, the adversity of, of trying to deal with online school or a hybrid of school or um, dealing with work in the way it is. Um, that's adversity. It really is. So what are you making of that? Are you saying, oh, it's okay, everything's going to be fine, this will be over quickly? Are you looking at it for what it is, making accommodations and dealing with it and, and making yourself happy? So um, think about that. What makes you happy? How do you spread happiness? Um, all right, give us a call. At one eight seven seven MPB ring, that's eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Before we uh, go to our our break, I want to go to our first caller. We have Sue from Beaumont, and and I will say Sue has called several times um, on this radio show, and she always is upbeat and always seems to be cheerful and happy. When she calls in, Sue, um, do you have a secret for that? Let's hear from you. No, I'm a melancholy person, really. <laughs> uh, Are you? Oh, yes. And I think that, that uh, you, know, you know what they say about optimists. They're pessimists. They're optimists with experience. But um, I, I think happiness is a fleeting thing. To be contented is a long-term thing. Hmm. You have to be content with, with your situation, and but happiness to me has always seemed like a fleeting thing. It's like a person who's a real happy person all the time. They're not. It's like they don't see reality. They they can't face reality. I mean, you have to face reality sometimes. You can't be happy all the time, you know. Yeah, that's my opinion. Well, Sue, Sue, you brought up an interesting point, and it will lead to what we talk about. In the, in the next section of this show, and, and that's the Stockton Paradox and a little bit more about Viktor Frankl. So I hear, I hear what you're saying, um, but I'd love to hear what others think about that. Um, are happy people people who don't see reality? Mm -hmm. Or that's, is that 
for real. It might not be, Sue. It might be that happy people choose to be happy even though they see reality. I'd love to hear from from other callers about that because I think you, like many others, believe that if you're happy, you're not living in reality. Um, I like your definition of a pessimist, uh, uh, an optimist who has experience. That's a good one, too. So this might be a good time to go to a break. Do you have any parting words, Sue? No, I, I admire happy people. I, I, I just admire that they can be happy in the face of circumstances. But I, I think I think happiness is an unreal expectation. It, contentment is what I think people should strive for, to be contented. Anyway, I like I like that word contentment. It brings peace to me. So, well, thank you. Well, thank you, Sue, for for being such a supporter of MPB. I really appreciate it. All right, we're going to go to our first break. I want you to give us a call at one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Send an email to family at mpbonline.org. What do you think about happiness? Is it okay to be happy? Are you content? What makes you happy? And then we'll talk about the Stockton Paradox. We'll be right back. In every life we have some trouble. But when you worry, you make it double. Don't worry. Be happy. Don't worry. Be happy now. Hi, I'm Dr. Susan Buttress with a Mindful Minute. Children grow up so fast, before you know it, they'll be starting kindergarten. A good way to watch for school readiness is to mark developmental milestones like talking in sentences, counting, writing, and playing well with others. Positive adult-child relationships are key to helping children meet these milestones. You already have the tools you need. Talking, singing, and reading are fun ways to help children learn and thrive. One way to celebrate these special moments is to use a milestone checklist. Healthcare providers are also a great resource to help make sure your child's on the mark and ready for the next step. Examples of developmental milestones, fun family activities, and additional resources can be found at MississippiThrive.com. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Susan Buttress, and today we're talking about happiness. This is Happiness Month, August, the entire month. This very hot summer day, we are talking about how to be happy, what to do. Is it appropriate to be happy all the time? What is contentment? What do you think about that? 
Well, before I talk about the Stockdale uh, paradox, um, I want to go to Heather in Olive Branch. We do have a few callers. Heather, thanks for calling. Okay. I was just listening to your show um, on my way to lunch, and I appreciated what Sue had to say, um, bringing in the word about contentment, happiness. I remember a preacher talking about once was was fleeting, as, as y'all have already brought up. But what really stays is joy, and I think that's having to do with the contentment, just accepting what you have and counting your blessings. So the, um, I appreciate that, Heather, a lot, and that's a good point. I have a question back to you that Michelle brought up during the break. Okay. Does contentment mean that you're not working toward um, the better good? Does contentment make you complacent? What do you think about that? Hmm. Well, I think that life does continue to throw you challenges, and so you do have to continue to work on it. So being complacent might not get you into a helpful position. Um, Being content is just understanding your circumstances, but I think maybe the joy aspect is the the dealing with and Mm -hmm. the pressing on, the persevering and good circumstances and bad. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good point. Yeah. I think that you do want to be able to persevere. And that's a lot of what the Stockdale paradox is about as we move along. But before, thank you, Heather, for calling because I'm glad. I know Sue's glad to hear you too join in on that. So maybe Happiness Month needs a little more expansion than than there's, there's really been put out there. So, okay. Well, we have another caller, and I'm not sure how to pronounce your name. Is it is it Sabrina? Uh, it's Sabira. Oh, say it again. Okay, okay. It's Sabira. Oh, Sabira. Oh, I like it. Okay, okay. Sabira, <laughs> you are where? Summerall. Summerall. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, tell us what your thoughts are about this Happiness Month thing. Well, you know, I think it's great your program is addressing this um, because this is a time where people may feel guilty about feeling happy about something. Um, But Mm -hmm. I I, I think it's an emotion like all of the emotions we have as human beings and what is happening to us that we can't allow that to be a part of who we are at this stage when we may be under great trial and great stress, that it's, it's another aspect of looking around and seeing the sun come up, you know, being able to draw on the elements maybe outside of our individual self or circumstances that help to stabilize our emotions so that we can allow uh, happy to be a part of sadness, concern. Um, I think the ideal of contentment is there's a level of acceptance of a circumstance. You don't, it it may be uh, imbalanced, but Mm -hmm. it um, allows you to expand your thinking, your possibility. And what really came to mind, especially with the song, is that um, Congressman um, uh, John, um, John Lewis there's this viral video of him dancing to the happy 
<laughs> and right. uh, and and I think that none of us would say that he wasn't a hard worker, that he didn't experience difficulty in that throughout his lifetime, which was a long span of commitment, that uh, in the midst of all of that, he still had space for being happy. And uh, maybe our concepts of happy need to be reexamined. That's a, a several good points. And that that video of John Lewis was just wonderful. I loved it. It makes you smile, doesn't it? Just watching yeah. it. It makes you, <laughs> you feel happy. So I, I think you're bringing up some really good points. Um, how, how do we define it? Can, can happy with the way things are um, be contentment? I think maybe. Um, happy doesn't mean that you're guffaw laughing all the time. It means right. that you feel some positivity, I think. Um, again, I, it depends on everybody's happiness um, definition more mm-hmm. than more than anything, I think. So yes, and, and, really, mm-hmm. really great point. Thank you. Well, thanks so much for calling and um, bringing up some more good points. I think, Sue, you spurred on the conversation. Let's stay on the phones. Uh, We have, I think it's Ray from, or Rao from Vicksburg. Hi, Rao. Hi. Thanks for taking my call, and I really enjoy your show. Uh, Thanks. I, I'm, I'm glad you touched upon this uh, this issue at this time when everybody is under stress uh, and you know uh, fearful also. So I right. just want to share a few thoughts with you along the same lines, uh, based on my research on the subject. Uh, uh, you, Stephen Covey, who is well known for his book on say, Seven Habits, uh, he says, I'm paraphrasing that between input and response, there is a tiny space, and that is the space where you have the choice to choose. You know, something can happen to us, but how we react to it, how we choose in terms of what we are going to do with it, depends, it's completely a free choice. And Mm -hmm. along the same lines, uh, Dr. Burns, who wrote the Feeling Good book, uh, and uh, the, you know, Cognitive behavioral therapy mm-hmm. says when something happens to you, it it uh, you know it provokes certain thoughts, and depending on how you think about it, then it invokes uh, or evokes some feelings, and those feelings in turn again they, you know what is going to lead to your behavior. So first mm-hmm. of all, you have to make sure if your uh, thoughts are correct or not. You know, uh, because we have a lot of baggage from before on, on basis around which sometimes we think, you know. Uh, so that's an important point in that how we feel and how we behave depends a lot on how we think about what happens to us. That's and, exactly uh, right. So center yourself, pull yourself into reality, set yourself and understand what you're dealing with, and then you'll be better able to to deal with it. I think that that point is is a wonderful one. Thank you so much. I think that, yeah, oh, that I, helps may us. May I add one more one more point? If, sure. If my, very brief. Uh, another thing is that generally those people who you know put their trust in in spirituality in God of whatever religion 
uh, basically says, you know, you have something happen to you. You do the best judgment you can under the circumstances and act accordingly and leave the rest to God. And the Hindu scriptures also say the same thing, that you have responsibility or power over your actions, but you don't have the responsibility for the, what happens to the fruits. That is up to God to decide. So you don't feel so much, you know, what is going to happen if I did this right, is it wrong? You know, what will happen in the, as a result? That kind of a worry would not happen to you. You do the best you can at that time and leave it up to God. Then you are lots, uh, less uh, stressful in terms of your life. That's all I want to say. Oh, Ralph, that, that was great. And I think if everybody lived with that very last thing you said, do the best you can and then leave it up to God, leave it up to who watches over you, then you will, you will be much happier. And no, everything won't always turn out correctly or the way you think it should. But if you do the best you can, that's all you can do. So why even worry further about it? That was great information. Okay, before we go to the next break, as I promised, I want to just talk a little bit about the Stockdale paradox. And we we have open lines, so feel free to jump in and call at one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. We've had a lot of good callers who had made great points. So um, James Stockdale was a, a military guy. He was a former vice presidential candidate, but he was a naval officer and a Vietnam prisoner of war. And and basically, uh, James Stockdale was was in prison and endured a lot. He endured torture. He he endured terrible stuff, um, and he survived seven years. And they asked him, what happened? Why did he survive? What was it that he made himself think through to be able to get to the end of where he was? And, and he basically said that through those very trying years, he sort of used a little bit of paradoxical thinking. Um, he he knew he was in a terrible situation and he centered on that. He said, yes, this is terrible. Um, I am in a prison camp. I am being tortured. I am going through terrible hardship, but I know that even though all of this is going on, that there, that I will come out of this. And so he he recognized where he was. And I believe one of our earlier callers said to recognize where you are, um, but understand that there can be a positive outcome. Now, in in Stockdale's uh, description of how he survived and what he did, uh, Collins, who wrote a book about the Stockdale paradox, went through uh, sort of a dialogue with him about why did he survive? Um, And I'm going to just read this to you because it's so telling. He said, uh, Collins asked Stockdale, who didn't make it out? And Stockdale said, oh, that's easy. It was the optimist who didn't survive. And he said, the optimist, I don't understand. Um, I'm completely confused. 
And he said, well, the optimists are the ones who said, we're going to be out of this by Christmas. And then Christmas would come, Christmas would go. Then they'd say, oh, well, then we're going to be out of this by Easter. And Easter would come and Easter would go and then so on. And so what happened is people lost hope when they drew their markers and said, this is absolutely going to end by then. They sort of died of a broken heart, which we've talked about. Losing, losing hope, losing any kind of positive sense of having a positive outcome can, can tr- truly destroy you. So um, Stockdale said that's how he survived. He knew he was in a terrible situation, but he had the, the thought that he would come out of this and survive. So a little paradoxical. Um, he didn't say he was happy all the time. I'm pretty sure he wasn't. But he had that ability to, to center on where he was and know that he was going to do the best he could do to survive. All right. Well, there's, we'll talk a little more about some of this in Frankel, but I'd love to hear from you about your, your happiness effect, your contentment. What do you do to, to seek positive in this very difficult world right now? Give us a call on 877-MPB-RING, 877-672-7464. This is Relatively Speaking, and we'll be right back. If you're a parent on the go but still want to stay informed about your children's education, subscribe to Mississippi Education Connections podcast and listen on the go anytime, anywhere on your favorite podcast app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Listening, this is relatively speaking, and I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. Today, we're talking about Happiness Month. August is Happiness Month, and so how do we how do we look at our lives and how do we try to be happy during this time of adversity? Um, you heard me talk about the Stockdale paradox, and I want to go to tell you a little bit more about uh, another man. Victor Frankel, a psychotherapist, and he was a Holocaust survivor. Uh, He wrote in a book called The Man's Search for Meaning um, about the prisoners in the Nazi concentration camp. And um, he he believed that um, there was a reason that more people died during the Nazi concentration camp 
period when they were there during Christmas and New Year's um, was because people believe so strongly that they would be out by Christmas. They simply died of hopelessness uh, that it didn't turn out to be true. Again, the same thing that James Stockdale said. The death rate in the week between Christmas of 1944 and New Year's of 1945 increased in camp beyond all previous experiences. And it was, it seemed, not because work got harder, conditions got worse, food got less. Nothing new happened other than people lost hope. So important to center look forward and that's that's something that that he has always promoted he 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 developed a concept called tragic optimism and it's that optimism in the face of tragedy so that acknowledging where you are it's difficult have the positive belief that in the end you will still triumph okay so i thought that was interesting well let's go back to the phones anita from Past Christiane. Hi, Anita. Thanks for calling. Hey, Susan. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks. Good. Good. Yeah, I just have one question. I wonder how much of positivity or happiness is innate. I mean, just as some people are prone more to depression, I wonder mm-hmm. how many, how much more people are actually just prone to happiness i mean is it is it a chemical thing or whatever i don't know what do you think oh anita good question so we do know that some people are more prone to happiness and we've talked about some of those neurochemicals that help with um, happiness with help with uh, keeping you out of depression and and that those are dopamine and serotonin. Um, the endorphins in your body, some people get uh, a raise of those positive hormones uh, after exercise or after sex or, or after something wonderful happening to them, you, you get a rise. Um, some foods can do it, but the answer is, uh, yes, absolutely. There's some people who are innately, uh, sort of doomed to be a little bit more unhappy because they have lower levels of serotonin and dopamine in their bodies, but you can do something to help improve that. And I just mentioned several things things that will help improve it. And and there are some people out there who no matter what they do can't seem to get out of the dumps. And this is probably a really good time for me to mention. If you're one of those people who feel like you keep trying to recenter and quit trying to fret and worry and quit, you know, and and, and you keep trying to stay on a upward sort of positive mode and you can't, then it'd be a good idea to consult your physician, consult a therapist, to ask somebody to help you. Because sometimes, no matter how hard you try, you just can't do it. Um, But yes, there, there are lots of foods out there too that can be very helpful. Some of the things that people try to use to make themselves happy that are very transient 
or um, some of, you know, alcohol, uh, illicit drugs, um, you know, none of that keeps you happy for a long time. It may keep you happy for a transient period, but none of that keeps you happy for a long time. Now, there are some medications for depression, though, that can be helpful. So um, thanks for bringing that up, Anita, because no question. Some people have an easier time and it may be from the very beginning of where they were and how they were raised. We've talked a lot um, in the past on this show and others about the adverse experiences that happen to you in childhood can affect you for a long time. And so, um, again, to try to make sure if anybody is in adversity to help them, just step out, hold that hand out. Pull somebody up. All right. Well, thanks for that. Great question. Let's go now to Francie from Tupelo. We're going from all the way south to all the way north. Hi, Francie. Thanks for calling. Hello. Thank you. I might just have a suggestion that um, that Yale University puts out a free course, online course, on the science of the well-being for happiness. And um, I've taken it, and I think it's a great course for people who are trying to find that happiness. And um, it's free course, and it's um, through Yale University. And I, I just wanted to make that suggestion to people out there that um, may be interested in that. <laughs> so, well, that sounds good, Francie. Uh, so, do they just go to the well, the Yale website, and look for the course on happiness? How can they access that? There's some people yeah. listening who might want it. Yes, it's a it's a course course, and, and you just I just type in the Yale University uh, free courses. You can do that, and it'll come up. It's just uh, a free course that they offer, and um, I think it just helps us look at things differently and. Uh, I just think it would be a really helpful tool. Sounds good. I'll have to yeah. take a look at that myself. Thank yeah. you for yeah. bringing that up. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening, too. Well, let's move on. Let's. We're going to stay in the phones. We have Adam from Biloxi. Hi. Good morning. Hi, Adam. Thanks for calling. Well, thank you. Thanks for having my call. Um, hope you're sure. having a good day. Yeah. Awesome. So I just... You know, listening to a bit of uh, what you were just saying about um, some of the helpful things, um, uh, positive attitudes, um, some of the foods, consulting a physician, I just thought it, it occurred to me that um, the majority of our state um, probably, you know, doesn't have access to um, uh, a physician or um you know, for the most part, good, affordable health care. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that in a uh, political sense, but I think just from the, the, the numbers, the statistics, that sort of thing, and would encourage to think of probably much smaller things that are much more realistic to the broad majority of Mississippi, like um, some of the things you already said, foods, uh, diet changes, staying uh, close to positive people and that sort of thing, but just a suggestion. Yeah. You have a really good point, Bert, in that there are a lot of people who don't have access to to the best health 
healthcare or maybe the 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 best gyms to go exercise in or whatever and in this heat that might be hard but yes uh, I think our state has made some strides in reaching out to people via telehealth and telemedicine and teleconsulting services and um and i will say i'm i'm very excited about the possibilities of being able to reach people within their homes of course still having the access to health care is is vitally important so even with telehealth services uh, for many people those services are built for so if we could work better on that and work harder and take care of everybody and not just some of us, that would be great. But concentrating, like you said, on on what you can do for yourself, eating healthy. Um, I have been very heartened in the number of individuals that we've had who now are working to grow their own foods, planting seeds, gardening um, themselves, growing those tomatoes and cucumbers and things that we can grow, peppers, in in our own backyards if we have them and the capabilities, um, all of that to try to concentrate on. Oh, my gosh, you are hitting the the (laughs) nail right on the – However that saying goes, but I'm a huge (laughs) proponent of marijuana, so I I hope this November that we can really include medical marijuana um, uh, going forward. So uh, best of luck to you and to all of Mississippi, and um, I don't know you, but I love you guys. Have a good day. Thanks, Bert. Thanks for calling. Okay, just a disclaimer here. I wasn't promoting medical marijuana, um, though I know there's some good research going on out there. I think we're going to skip the break because we've just got some some great callers. So we have uh, Louise next. No, I'm sorry. Is it Mikey from Vicksburg? Michelle, I need help. Is it Louise? No, we're going to go to Louise. You're right. Louise (laughs) is next from Mobile. Okay, Louise next. Yeah, that's good because I'm just at a red light waiting. Can you hear me? Yes, are you great? very well, but I'm speaking up. I'm in and out of my car, so I may have missed some callers. I'm just wondering why nobody mentioned to do something for somebody else. Mow the lawn, mow the neighbor's lawn, or buy a big bag of apples and sharing with somebody, or anything, you know, go outside. Don't look for happiness from them. Try to, you know, just do something for somebody else. Oh, thanks for saying that, Louise. Let me just point out what somebody did at the very beginning of COVID that I thought was amazing. Across the street neighbor of mine was out in his yard mowing, and he noticed that an across-the-street elderly woman, uh, her yard was a little bit overgrown. And he said, do you happen to have her phone number? And I said, no, I don't. And he said, I'm going to go. Do you think it would bother her if I went and knocked on her door and asked her if I could mow her yard for her. I have the time now. I can't go to Nissan right now because we're shut down. And so I'd like to go over and mow her yard. And he did. And she was very grateful. And that's the kind of thing that can make a difference in somebody's life and add a little bit of that smile and happiness, right? Absolutely. I, I did the same thing. I, was, I, I love to use my riding mower. 
and my neighbor, her husband just left her with the riding mower. And so I went over there and said, uh. would it insult you if I just run through your yard with my mower? She said, oh, yes, please. So, I mean, it made me happy, made her happy. It just works wonders. Uh. All right, everybody, listen to Louise. That's a great point, and that's what we need to do. Reach out, help others. It'll make you feel better. Well, let's stay on the phones. Hi, Bert. Good morning. Good morning. Um, love all the discussion. Wish I could have heard more of it. I've been in, in and out of the car as well. So much of it is personal perspective. You've heard of children abused uh, as adult, uh, adults who were abused as children have a great outlook on life um others it it it, it, it sent them under uh people who have yep. burned been burned severely burned um um paralysis they have great outlooks on life said it's blessing that condition they're in others they're not able to accept that um it's incredible what the perspective does um now i'm so ocd i've sometimes used the glass half full half empty I asked if it was last poured out of or poured into, but <laughs> that, that just goes back to perspective, uh, finding a positive, finding the silver lining. You may not be in the best situation, but just make the best of the situation. A lot of it is attitude and choice. Yeah. I couldn't say it better myself. Perfect. Perfect words. I won't even add to that bird. And by the way, any of you who have only heard, part of this there have been some great callers you can go to your favorite podcast site and and listen to our podcast on mpbonline.org so be sure and listen to it all right let's go next to mikey from mobile hi mikey oh good morning um i i couldn't help but call um i have been dealing with uh something that's goes actually all the way back to my my entire life that I just found out about and it's it's so bad but I can't discuss it I you know I wonder about trying to not do more damage you know so I was actually getting to the point where for the first time in my life I thought now I've I've had a lot of big challenges and um, you know I just kind of deal with them but I was getting to the point where I thought you know I can't deal with this and then I thought well for the first time in my life, maybe I should go and get some professional help. But um, today, this show, I just had to, this is what I had to call about. This show has helped me. It's like having an in-home therapeutic session that confirms that I, because I was beginning to feel better. I hit that low point, that really low point, and then I started to, when I said, you know, you have one of those self conversations. Okay, self. <laughs> yeah, you got to turn it around. And Mikey, <laughs> I am, I, I don't want anybody to think that this is supposed to be a therapy session, but I do think that hearing other people and the way they deal with things and how to, to just let go and do the best you can, like one of our callers, and then move forward. One of our earlier callers said, I really do hope everybody will go listen to the entire podcast because there's been some great advice. 
Um, let's go. I just want to get to Ruth before uh, the end of the show. Ruth, we have about a minute from Bentonia. Tell us what your thoughts are. Oh, well, I uh, said that when I was in high school, I uh, heard a speech by Dr. Frankel. And uh, you had mentioned um, people who are up and cheerful. And I don't think that's an indication of happiness. And uh, Dr. Frankel was in the concentration camp. He didn't go around acting up and cheerful, but what he did do was help others, like Louise mentioned. And uh, the sense of con- he had the sense of control that the, the Nazis couldn't control his attitude. I believe you mentioned that. And uh, and I uh, personally, I think that in America we're so spoiled. Our Poor people think, it, oh, you got turned down for the job that you wanted, then you have the right to riot and demonstrate. And uh, I think we just have such a warped sense of happiness. Yeah, so maybe we need to, to be happy in the situation as best we can or accept work toward what we would like to have happen but to center ourselves do the best we can and and work to helping others i love that good summary so thanks everybody all your calls and thanks to our listeners and um michelle today's show was engineered by my producer michelle mcadoo and our call screener was i'm not sure java java and i'm dr susan buttress i hope you'll join us next tuesday at 11 for relatively speaking and that you'll stay tuned for npr's here now coming up next